when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! What's up, Doc? I'll tell you what's up. Based out of Atlantic City, New Jersey, Geek Time Entertainment runs exclusively along with different events in the area to strategize with their partners who will benefit with increased exposure and patron traffic. Geek Time Entertainment will work with your event in increasing the event's traffic via social media, radio, and storefront advertisements. Also, they will help increase business for your company and event with different sales incentives. Duh. Whether your event will be small or even mid-scale, Geek Time Entertainment is the group to work with. That's what I'm talking about. Contact them today at geektimeentertainment at gmail.com or facebook.com backslash geektimeentertainment. Oh my god, who the hell cares? Uh, this is the Superfly Jimmy Snooker. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio. We have hockey action, yo. You know, he's probably best known as the best kept secret in Canada as far as hockey knowledge. But then again, you know, when you've been at the game for 30 plus years and have three books, done some radio shows, on the record with uh, Michael Landsberg, yeah. maybe you're not as secret as one would think. At Twitter, he's at Liam under slash hockey. Liam McGuire. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, great. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice to meet you formally, my friend. Yes, uh, we've been talking through text and Facebook uh, with uh, Leo McGuire over the past uh, week or so when we got hooked up with him. Last night, while you're in town from Ottawa, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, your show's the Ultimate Hockey Show on 1360 News. 1310, so, yeah, 1310. 1310, 1310 a.m., yep. Over in, uh, up in Ottawa. Right. You actually just did his show today on uh, January 14th down at the Wells Fargo Center yeah. uh, for the morning skates. Well, I'll ask you first and foremost, how was that, the morning skate? Uh, well, you know, I've attended them before uh, a couple times as a kid, fortunate enough to get into some Montreal Canadian practices yes. in the 70s, and, and then later in a professional environment with the Ottawa Senators. Certainly witnessed um, my share of morning skates. Today was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before, too. 
First of all, this is the way the technology exists today. Like, down there, so I know like we're, we're taping this on this right here. People are oblivious around us, as we said at the Lowe's Hotel here on Market Street in Philadelphia, basically doing an interview for your your online thing. And 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 here I was today, live on the air, with an iPhone and a microphone and a and a headset okay. from the players' bench at Wells Fargo, and it was. Uh, you know, at some form or another, I've been kicking around radio for 36 years. And, and I know with uh, my training, was, all the cable, just imagine, remember the soundboards, well, all kinds of equipment. When I went to college, yeah, exactly. uh, radio and television broadcasting, I used to carry uh, the, the, our TV gear in a box that weighed about 60 pounds. And You'd be carrying almost like a goalie bag kind pretty of Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, it really was. And, and it's just... Uh, to be there today, uh, you know, and I'm very fortunate too. A lot of the guys I talk to today, I've either met before. Uh, some are very good friends of mine, like Luke Richardson, Terry Carter, Jeff Chikrin. These are men I know very well, and have known them very well for a long time. And they're all out there today. So it was, it was, and, and I'm not in my backyard back home here. I'm several hundred miles away in another country, down on the rink where these guys earned their living. What, what they did for a living was play in the National Hockey League. And I have a chance to be there today. They get set for this um, alumni game tonight. Um, it's, it was pretty special for me to tell you that. Well, you know, it's uh, going to be a special night overall because it's the 50th anniversary for both the Penguins this year and the Philadelphia Flyers. Where in Philadelphia is, you stated. Let me ask you this then. I'm thinking, why well, I'm thinking of it because we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button here and all, and we chatted last night through text. Sugarhouse Casino for the Flyers reception because it's obviously in their backyard here. You were saying you did some introductions and all last night. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about the environment a little bit last night? Yeah. What what they did was they they had a they had a VIP function downstairs first, uh, players and families, and and the high end sponsors that were that were down there first. There was probably over 200 people in in attendance at that. Um, Paul Holmgren spoke. He was the only who was the current president of the yes. of the Philadelphia Flyers, obviously an alumni and the first former Flyer to coach back in the 80s. And and he he spoke and uh, spoke very well, very eloquent and passionate. As Paul would. As Paul would about the alumni and how thankful he was to have all of these men come in uh, from all sorts of different parts of uh, of the world, really, because Mikel Renberg has come from Sweden for this. And, and it was pretty special stuff. And then upstairs was for the fans. And these people had paid a, a pretty, I think, pretty good ticket. Two, you know? two fifty, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and what they got out of that is an opportunity for multiple hours to mingle. They, they had a couple other things. They had some displays set up of um, all game-worn Philadelphia Flyer sweaters. For every player that was in attendance last night, this company that was there that have some sort of sponsorship slash promotional deal with, with, with the Flyer alumni, and as I understand it, other alumni had to have a uh, have a deal, and they had they had sweaters there. There was videos that were shown, and then my job, what I was brought in to do, was to was to introduce these guys. And if if people don't know me, I, I have a certain flair. I think I try yeah. to, and I think that's why Brad uh, Brad hired me to come in. 
And and uh, I try and uh, the old story is I try and make the guys even who aren't Hall of Famers sound like Hall of Famers because frankly every one of them, almost every person who's played in the National Hockey League for any length of time has some sort of anecdotal, historical, statistical something about their career. You know, and I try and find that about them. And you know it's funny because uh, speaking of that, you know we've been taping some interviews by via phone and whatnot with some of the guys participating this weekend, and I, two of the guys I had a chance to speak with was both uh, Reggie Leach and his son, yeah. Jamie, and, you know, first, they were part of the First Na Nation uh, up in Manitoba, which there's a lot of Manitoba uh, Providence representation here tonight, right, between those guys and Bobby Clark, and yeah. you just go down the rosters, but, you know, it was very interesting, because not only that, but... Both Reggie and Jamie have the one of few that are a father son on the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right. both playing for winning teams. Jamie with the early '90s uh, Penguins and Reggie right. with the '74, '75 Flyers. So you know that's it. And I know you're into the unique shit, as yeah. it said, yeah. uh, for the uh, history of the game. So what else are you looking for as far as the game tonight? Uh, from a historical standpoint, besides the anniversary? Um, well, these alumni games, kind of everything kind of took maybe a little bit of a turn with Gary Roberts and Chris Draper there two weeks ago. You know, that got a little testy on the ice, obviously, and they had to be separated. We haven't seen that in, in a long, long time. I have witnessed that before in the um, late 90s, early 2000s. Brad Marsh picked up what the Calgary Flames alumni were doing where they hosted an alumni tournament and they invited other teams alumni to come and participate in the round robin tournament. So this wasn't a thing where they're playing a local all-star team of police officers or firefighters yeah. or, or, or slap box who can hardly skate that are out there because they paid the big ticket for a charity event or whatever, whatever. Now you're playing against your brother. But guess what? They did it in Ottawa for a couple of years. One of the reasons they had to stop it was they almost had a brawl. I mean, Terry O'Reilly and Larry Playfair nearly went on it. Rick Smith was involved. Brent Fedek, who played here with the Crazy H in Philadelphia, started, he had just retired, started taking slap shots out there. Walt McKechnie lost his mind. Gary Dole, guys were going crazy. So it, it just got to the point where it's just the old habits die hard. Tonight, you know, there was a lot, of, there's so many guys. Then you look at Shell Sanderson, one of only two flyers to play in the 87 and 97 finals. Well, that sandwich was around a cup win in Pittsburgh in 92, you know? Well, after he got off the ice with the flyers, he was waiting for the Penguins to come out. He knows them all. He knows almost every one of them. And conversely, Jeff Chickren, dear friend of mine, Ottawa guy, he knows almost all the flyers, you know, and he's, he's with he's with the Pittsburgh guys today. So you, you, you got some you got some things like that. What am I looking for tonight? I'm, I'm looking for a lot of fun. I think you're looking for Simone Gagne and Daniel Briere on the ice. I think if they want to, I don't know. It all depends, right? I mean, they don't want to lose this thing. I'll tell you right now, Brad Marsh has already stated it publicly, and these guys, there's a feel here. They're on their, they're in their barn. This is Philadelphia. Uh, whether it was 40 years ago, 30 years ago, these guys don't want to lose. And, and I think you'll, you're going to see a concerted effort tonight from uh, from everybody that's out there, to the best of their ability, obviously. I mean, Joe Watson's playing. He's 73. He's going to be the oldest guy on the ice uh, for both teams. 
and he's adamant that he's going out and he wants to take the regular shift and, and uh, I think we're in for a real treat and to, to some degree to see some of these guys skate again on the ice. That's what's so cool about alumni. And you know, like I mentioned, we uh, spoke with Reggie Leach, you know, and it's, I know Bobby Clark's not skating, but you know, reunion of, you know, LCB, you know, from that, those 70s teams and whatnot. And yeah, the guys we spoke to on and off the air, you know, have said, you know what, yeah, it's all about having fun, but what you were just saying there in your previous answer, yeah, you still have that fire in your belly yeah. kind of deal, you know? Yeah. You want to have a good show no matter what you do. You know? I, I think so. I don't think anything, uh, any of them want to embarrass themselves, no. obviously. It's, uh, that's just human instinct. You and I would be the same. <laughs> the same in anything we do. <laughs> in you know? anything we do, yeah. I mean, anytime I'm on the air taping this with you right now, uh, you're cognizant of what you're saying. You're always trying to give your best, whether it's a response or an answer or a comment or, or whatever. And, and it doesn't change for those guys. Their thing only is physical and it's on the ice. And, and I can tell you, that first um, 10 minutes or so of that flyer warm-up today, uh, they were skating pretty hard. Now, did they skate together, protein? No. How did they? No, flyers first, and then they did a team photo, and a couple penguins sort of straggled out onto the ice because they knew some of the flyers so well. There was a little bit of sort of cross-pollination there, but yeah. not much. And then the flyers pretty much left, and the penguins came on. You know, because it was funny. While you were on the air, and I, I came over here, wait, you know, I came over on the train and whatnot because it was easier because they like to uh, stick it to you with parking and all that. But, you know, it was funny. I, you actually came in and whatnot. Just about ten minutes ago, or excuse me, five. Uh, Reggie Leach just left, but he was holding court down here for about forty minutes. Wow. So besides having him on the area, I got a chance. I got out, went over and said hello, and introduced myself in person. Yeah. Sort of via phone. So you know, but it was just. And it, but hey, come on into the conversation too. Absolutely. And, yeah, but it was just—it's cool. So warm. Yeah. But it was you know just to see you know certain guys around so far floating around today. Holding court, sharing memories, you know. There was a couple of fans that came over to ask for his autograph and a few other guys floating around so far. So, you know, that's fun. But, you know, it's interesting because, and it's funny, after we finish taping, uh, me and Liam are going to go over to, since he's in town, we're going to go about half mile from here or so on the other side of City Hall. Uh, he's going to do the Rocky run yeah, up the stairs. Yeah, I got the sweats on him. Yeah, he's, he's, re he's ready to go. Yeah, check this out. He's got, oh, holy shit, he's got the Mickey's Gym shirt on from 76. You're going to eat like you crap thunder from the, from the first movie, which is awesome. Yeah. Where'd you find that? I found that on Facebook. <laughs> I ordered it on Facebook. That that, that shirt is awesome. Yeah, we might have check this out. Let's put it this way. I don't think so. We're on the oh man, no, that's fine. Yeah, have, have, have the spontaneity, like stuff yeah. like this, is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got the and, and yeah, and it looks like it. It's almost like I would say the best way to describe the logo itself in the middle is a, a Looney Tune, like where Porky Pig comes up, but yeah. it's a picture of Mickey, yeah, exactly. which is awesome. Yeah, Burgess Meredith and uh, yeah. mixed gym, and I, th I thought it suited the moment, so I made sure I packed it. Yeah, oh, of course, especially if you're going to yeah, do this. Yeah, I'm sure people will look at me like I got three heads, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, this is Philadelphia, that's the norm. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, we, you know, with your books, though, because I know you came out with three books overall. Yeah. 
Uh, and you've had, you've had some reputable guys do some boards for you. Yeah. You know, like uh, Bobby or I don't know. He was a good skater, last I heard. And if you look at it from his story. Yeah. And some guy named Gretzky, I don't know, from the Toronto area. Yeah. I heard he was an okay player, you know. Yeah. 800 something points and all that. Who the hell knows? But, you know, over the time of getting, you said you have a lot of friends here, like Richardson and guys you've dealt with over the years. Yeah. But over the years, who has been the most interesting person you got to meet who was surprised to? Well, I can tell you that the, the highlight for me uh, would be interviewing Rocket Richard in 89. Uh, uh, that, that, that would be my, my number one highlight. It would be followed. I had a month when I was finishing college in 1983 in Toronto. In the same month, I interviewed King Clancy, Harold Ballard, and Foster Hewitt. All in the same 30-day period for a TV show I was working on called Sports Spectrum. And, and uh, that was an incredible 30-day period. Um, Obviously, working with Gordy Howe and Bob Yor, the times I have, uh, and Gretzky a few times have been second to none, and, and I'll cherish those forever. They all had their own place. To go one more, the interview that I did that blew me away the most because of the emotion that the guy showed in the interview was Peter Stassi. And the reason for that was, um, first of all, A, he was just really honest and and gave me great answers there was nothing stock he actually poured his some thought into his responses but we got talking about 1968 and when uh, the Russians invaded and the Czechs won the world championships that year and he told the story of being a young boy and going out to celebrate on the streets okay. the Czechs beat the Russians and the Russian military were on the streets and he was just a young kid and a military, a, a member of the Russian military, took the butt of his rifle and hit Peter in the head, like harshly. And uh, when he started telling that story, he got emotional. And I wasn't prepared for that. This is not what something is heavy, you know. Yeah, I was. I was not anticipating we'd even sort of get there. I was going down different roads about how Quebec got him and Anton out of there and how Marion came later and, and, and the whole nine yards of the Stashies coming over. So that sort of opened the door to going back to the 76 Canada Cup and then before that obviously and then he got down that road and it just happened very organically and that interview still to this day stands out to me as the one that um, blew me away the most. I mean he's a Hall of Famer but it blew me away the most because I, I just wasn't expecting that kind of emotion from a guy, and you know, he was a superstar. I mean, Peter Stashney was all that. He really and was. As far as athletes are concerned, anybody of that generation, but on an athletic, we'll stay with the athletic side of things. Those in hockey, especially that generation, they were men's men. Yeah. And even yeah. to this day, hockey players are the men of all men, I would say. Yeah. Because easiest way to say this, uh, without getting too, uh, you know, articulate and yeah. explaining, as we could be here for hours doing sure. that, yeah. is football on ice because of the speed, yeah. the strength of the guys. Now, well and, said. And you have, you know, to be able to do all that. And you saw even with some of these guys uh, up close, like Reggie was saying here this morning or this afternoon. Uh, yeah, when he was holding court, like I said, he was talking about certain guys. At the morning skate, he goes, it was unreal. 
like the speed and you know, the, yeah, like you couldn't tell a difference. Yeah. And obviously everybody's older. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah, things change, but yeah. Because when they put on that bl those blades, it was yeah something else, you know. Well, watching Murray Craven, I mean, this guy is kind of you know he's a, he still has some uh, good stature to him. He's in good shape still, but boy, as soon as he got the skates and went out on the ice out there, he was. He was absolutely flying in the, in the skate there this morning. It was great to see. Really was. A lot of them were. Well, was, how did that? Uh, and we talked to him earlier in a weekend. He's had some uh, issues over the past couple years. Brian Proud, because he had a survival yeah. stroke. And how did he look? I mean, he said he had some, some lower, sometimes a little bit, but it's like right hand and whatnot. He looked fine. His, his, he was a little bit more pedestrian out there, I think, by design. Most of the guys at one point seemed to have tried to kick it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Leclerc did for sure. Lindros a little bit. Uh, you know, a few of the other guys. He he was a little bit more pedestrian, but his stride looks great. His skating stride looked great. Uh, he handled the puck. He just, I think he's going to be just fine out there tonight. Yeah. And it's so good to see him here. And I said that last night when I introduced him, as you're correctly stating. I mean, he's overcome a, a largely a, a stroke that actually left him in, in some, you know, some, some some concern there, right, for his speech and, and just uh, everything. Everything. Your basic day. Yeah. yeah. You know. There's that video of him uh, rollerblading in the hospital there. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They actually used his skating stride to sort of get his legs going again and they put those blades on in the hospital hallways. It's a great story. He sounds fantastic. He talks fantastic. I know that Cotton came with it allegedly, apparently, and I didn't get into it with him last night, but apparently it's a few memory things. But uh, but that, that said, uh, he looks good, he sounds good, and he, and he, he skated good today. Yeah, because he was saying, you know, not speaking out of tune because... You'll hear it on the interview when you listen to it. Uh, he was saying there's, you know, a couple of little, you know, moments like that. He has to concentrate a little harder and whatnot in certain aspects. Yeah. Like certain speaking yeah. and writing and whatnot. Yeah. But overall, you know, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And, and you would understand, and I think you would agree with us knowing the game like you do. And the two of us aren't medical doctors. We just played on the radio. Right. I would think... And if you safe bet knowing the game like we do, that a lot of those motor skills that we may take for granted that you do on the ice, whether it be puck handling or the skating or whatever, probably helped him in his recovery process. Would yeah. you agree with that? I totally would agree with it. I, I think a lot of these guys, I think in some cases going back in time, their various illnesses and health concerns have been somewhat alleviated because A, the condition they were in for so much of their life, be there to your point right there. Uh, Hand-eye, motor skills, and whatnot. In this particular case, for sure, when people have strokes, that's one of the things you are trying to recover, largely, usually. And I think that's the case here with Brian. And that video really uh, exemplifies that, the work that they did with him in the hospital on the rollerblades. And it really was right exactly to what you just said. So it's pretty impressive stuff, and you got to tip your hat to him. And he made a concerted effort to make sure he was here for this weekend. Yes. He wasn't going to not be here come hell or high water. He was going to be associated with I can tell you last night, Dave Poulet of that line is the last guy to arrive. And we saw Tim Kerr. He went right over to the far side of the bar, and about 30 seconds later, Brian Prop came over. I mean, they still they found each other last night in that sea of people, and and hooked up, and and uh, it's just you you could see the bond. I mean, that's strong, and I'm sure that fueled uh, Brian a lot to be here today yeah, to be with all his brothers this weekend. Know. Definitely. Uh, final question for you, because we're gonna go do the sure video of your Rocky run and whatnot on your iPad there, and you mentioned you worked for him. I was fortunate enough on Monday, the local skate here, 
after some of the alumni for the Flyers and Voorhees at their practice facility, got to meet Markow, and you worked with Dad. Gordy. Yeah. Do you have any good Gordy stories? Because Gordy was yeah. a, a man among men and yeah. legend. And, you know, he, he was a guy that would have loved to be able to interact with at some point, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, just was never meant to well, be. Well, late like, 80s, my God, uh, you know, got a good land. He was healthy for the overwhelming majority of that, really. Yeah. So you got to take take that as a as a fortunate for us, let alone his his family. Um, I don't know that he ever recovered from his wife passing away, and, and you know, they, they were a long time together. But Gordy Howe's story, so there's three or four that stand out. Number one, um, he holds one of the most, uh, well, it's not a record per se, but it's something nobody else will ever do. But Gordy Howe finished in the top five in scoring, not the top ten, but the top five for 20 consecutive years, 1949 to 1969. That's unheard of. It's unduplicated. It's unmatched. Gretzky didn't do it. Mario didn't do it. Nobody's ever done it. No one ever will do it. And and it's it's absolutely a staggering statistic of longevity and excellence and durability. And I think he holds the you know the gamut on, on when you describe that level of greatness. That's where Gordy comes in. Uh, that's one thing. Second thing. Obviously, playing with his sons—that's uh, unheard of, and it's only happened really, well, only a couple of other times. And in a, one is uh, in the Western Hockey League. Andy Hebbeton played with his son Clay, but you know nothing like what Gordy and Mark and Marty did. Played yeah. in the NHL for God's sake, 79, 80 together. Gordy was 51, turning 52-year-old grandfather. So that'd be that'd be right there to me. It's probably number one. The longevity and the scoring, number two. Say third thing, um, his first four years in the NHL, 1946 to 1950, Jack Adams calls him in for the office, and uh, Jack Adams' nickname for Gordy Howe was Big Fella. He called him Big Fella all the time. Okay. And he said, uh, okay, Big Fella, we know you can fight. <laughs> you know, it's been four years where you've been demoing the league. But how about trying to stay out of the box a little bit this year? And uh, we're not saying walk away from anything that you feel you need to get involved in. But we'd like you to focus a little bit more on a little less fighting and and uh, a little more uh, playing. What do you do the next four years? Led the league in scoring every year. Yeah. Won four straight Art Ross trophies and, and another couple of Stanley Cups. Um, that's another thing. The Gordy Howe Atrick, the goal and assist in a fight. A lot of people online like to go on, especially Twitter, and go on Twitter and say, oh, you only had three. Most people actually say you only had two um, official uh, Gordy Howe hat tricks because they forget that he fought Wally Boyer in 1968 from the Oakland Seals. The reason that Boyer didn't get a major is because Gordy beat the shit out of him so badly he got the only fighting major in the fight. But he also got a goal and assist in that game, so there's three formal. However, my point is, is that. Back in the day, especially in the 40s and early 50s and before, if there was a line brawl or more, more commonly a bench brawl, the officials didn't sit there like they did in the 70s and 80s with a pad and write down everybody that fought. You got the first two guys. Maybe if there was another really egregious brawl, two, two guys going that you couldn't stop, maybe you'd penalize them. Everybody else was a freebie. If you and I were fourth and fifth and sixth man in, we went at it, we wouldn't even get penalized. <laughs> like, Gordy Howe, I'm going to say, probably had somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 or 30 Gordy Howe hat-tricks where games where he actually fought and had a goal and an assist. That's another thing. And in that vein, his fight with Lou Fontenato in 1959, in February of 59, was a defining moment in the National Hockey League. 
Lou Fontenato, God love him, God rest his soul. Came into the NHL as a bit of a bully. Um, he fought Rocket Richard. He beat the crap out of a lot of superstars. He didn't care. He'd stick you. He couldn't get the better of Gordie Howe. You knew it was coming. It was building up. It was coming to it. And that night in question, Red Kelly, who wouldn't drop his gloves typically to go to the washroom, was getting into it with Eddie Shock. Eddie Shock was a rookie on the Rangers, and he was going to do a Fred Astaire tap dance on Red. <laughs> and and uh, Red was going, oh, my God, because Eddie Shock's a big, hulking man. So Gordy Howe came in to back up Red, shoved him out of the way, and he was going to go Shock. And this is Gordy telling me the story now. And he said, all of a sudden, I remembered Fontenato was on the ice. And Ted, Ted Lindsay told me in 1946, he said, kid, Always know who's on the ice and never drop your stick first. Those are the only two things that Ted Lindsay ever told Gordy. So Gordy remembered that, that Louie was on the ice and he turned just as Louie was firing the right hand. So Gordy slips it and then they lock and then they start trading. And of course that fight was epic, right? I mean, Gordy broke his Louie's cheekbone, he knocked out teeth, fractured jaw, black eye. Gordy had a black eye as well. Louie got a couple of good shots in too. It was a defining moment in Gordy's career. He'd been in the league 13 years at that time. Uh, he was well established, but this guy had come along after Gordy. You know, Gordy had broken in before, kind of, sort of, a little bit resting on laurels. No one was really screwing with Gordy. Louie did. Louie paid the price. Nobody screwed with Gordy ever again. And, and I think that fight should get mentioned sort of in the Gordy Howe vernacular, if, if you will. I mean, there'd be others, but I mean, you know, four-time Stanley Cup winner, six-time Art Ross, six-time Hart, Hall of Fame the year after he retired, comes back, plays with his kids. Uh, go down the line. I mean, he, 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 he is Mr. Hockey. It's a great nickname, and, and I think everything statistically and uh, historically that he accomplished will never be forgotten, and he was a prince of a man to work with the times that I did. My first occasion was the 1991 um, NHL Awards in Toronto. Uh, I've got a picture of it. I post it every now and then. Uh, I'm in a tuxedo. I think he is, too. And and uh, a long time ago, and I'm just uh, very, very thankful that I had occasion to cross paths with that guy personally and professionally. <sighs> wow. Well, I'm going to, obviously, you threw out a lot of facts, figures, historical information there, so. Hey, yo, what are you going to do this? Yo, Adrian. Like I said, if they want, you guys want to follow Liam McGuire at Liam underscore hockey, or get hockey. That's it. Uh, on Twitter, on the yeah. Twitter machine, as they like yeah. to call it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about.
Greetings, good citizens. I'm Pierre Robert from 93.3 WMMR. I don't know if you know this, but let me be the first to inform you. You are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Stay sane. Don't go off the edge. Please don't. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> 